Well, thanks to all who have supported the podcast. Yes. We were able to just, a uh, couple days ago, reimburse Tommy for the sound mixer he, he purchased last year. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting news for us. Hopefully we can reimburse our microphones next. <laughs> Chipping away every day. So if you're able to support the pod, there's a link to donate in our episode description as well as at askyourgayuncle.com. Ask your gay uncle, 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 ask him all the questions that you have in your brain. Ask your gay uncle, you know that your uncle will do his very best to explain. He'll do his very best to explain. So this listener questions segment is a little more of a listener comments segment. Yes. And you're going to understand why pretty soon. When listeners send us emails and responses, we read every single one and we take them very seriously. Ask Your Gay Uncle, as you guys know, is a listener-driven show, and we are so grateful to have you all a part of this community. In the last couple weeks, we received a few emails from listeners that caused us to reflect on things both Tommy and I have said in previous episodes, and we'd like to address these on the pod. The first two responses are about a comment I made in episode 38. We were talking about the potential of having kids, and I expressed wanting to have biological children as opposed to adopted children. At one point, I said, I don't want to adopt, I want it to be mine. And at another point, I said, I've taken care of kids that aren't mine. I nannied for nine years, I know what that feels like. Tommy will read these responses. This first one is from Silas. Hey, Gunkles, I really enjoy the show and have been a regular listener from the beginning. I was unfortunately really disappointed by Ben's comments slash attitude toward adoption in this week's episode. The language he used suggests that he doesn't think adopted kids are your real children, and I found this pretty brash and offensive. When Ben said, I've taken care of kids that aren't mine, I know what that feels like, that was a particularly problematic statement in my mind. As someone who has adopted siblings and plans as a gay man to adopt in the future, I absolutely think that adopted children are 100% yours, and to suggest otherwise plays into harmful stigmas about adopted children that lead to bullying and worries that they don't belong. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting biological children as a member of the gay community, but you certainly didn't have to say the things you did about adoption in order to do so. I know that your comments weren't intended to be offensive, but I hope that you can see and understand now why they could be hurtful. And this next one is from Louisa in Paris. You're both lovely. Just a note from the sister of an adopted son. My brother is as much my parents' child as I am. Please rephrase, quote, I want it to be mine, close quote, in future if possible. Thank you. Silas and Louisa, thank you so much for sending those in. I listened back to episode 38, and you're both totally right. What I said about wanting kids that are, quote, mine was callous and very ignorant. I'm sorry I said that, and I've actually removed that whole segment from episode 38. So anyone listening to it for the first time will not hear it. I also want to thank you both for writing in and keeping us in check. Uh, You've made me reflect on why I have this preference towards having biological kids in the first place. And honestly, I think it's ego. (laughs) I will be the first to admit that. I think it's Mm. completely ego, the notion Mm -hmm. of like passing on my DNA um, and having 
little Ben Palacios is running around in the world. Um, you, you know, Ben, when you actually said that in the episode when we were recording it, mm -hmm. a part of me was like, Whoa, wait, what? What did you just say? Uh, and like red flags came up and, you know, it was like the ding, 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 say something. Uh, and I didn't. So, you know, to everybody, Louisa and, and Silas who wrote in and to other people who, where that stood out, I, I apologize that I didn't say anything. And it reminds me of the thing around bullying, right? It was like you said, it was callous. It was ignorant. There is, it was hurtful and it's not always easy to say something, which is shocking, Ben, because you're my nephew, right? Like if I can't fucking say something to you, like what am I going to do on the street, right? When something is happening. And, and it, so it, it just is, it's, it's, uh, it was a real powerful, it's a real powerful lesson for me around that of, oh yeah, follow that intuition. You, you felt it inside, say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think part of this is also like a, what I was saying was just really poorly delivered and it shouldn't have been included in the episode in the first place because I like, I, it wasn't fully thought through and the words I used were just like sloppy. Um, which mm. is why when I said, I want it quote, I want it to be mine referring to my future children. Um, what I really meant was I, I, I want them to be biologically mine. And I just said, I want it to be mine as if that, is clear that that means biological. And of course, that implies, I can understand now, that implies that adopted children are not yours. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, it was it was ignorant and it was stupid. And I'm, I'm sorry for saying that. It uh, This reminds me a little bit of, um, I was, oh my God, like 1800 years ago, um, I was in a group workshop on sexual harassment. And... Their whole thing was, if you're being sexually harassed, you don't want to have to find the words to stop it. You need to have those words inside you ready to come up instantly. And so mm. they um, did all kinds of role playing with us. And we would stand up and do, you know, various scenarios. And then the one person who was being sexually harassed would then get a chance to practice the words. And it was, it was pretty extraordinary, I have to say. Uh, I did that workshop, like I said, I was 29, and it was probably, ooh, 15 years later that I was in a situation where the words came up like that instantly. Really? And I didn't have to think twice about it. Oh, what yeah. What happened? Yeah. Um, so I was in um, rural USA in a gas station uh, with my friend Bart, we'd been camping and I'm filling up the gas tank. And as we're driving away, this guy who was there with his pickup truck, rifle in the back, girlfriend hanging on him, he yells, go home, faggot. And I said to Bart, who was driving, stop the car. And he did. And I walked back and literally, Ben, I was wearing clogs, a short, short cut off blue jeans and yeah, you a were. tank top and a tank top that had a banana on it that was peeled and a smiley <laughs> face on the banana. And I'm carrying my glass of like oh, organic wow. lemonade with Perrier mixed in it. And so I go walking back to him and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. And I got there and I looked at him and I said, I don't want to fight, but you just harassed me. 
and nobody likes to be harassed. You don't like to be harassed. Your girlfriend doesn't like to be harassed. Nobody on this street likes to be harassed. So you need to stop it. And you need to stop it now. And I turned around and I walked away and his girlfriend goes, I told you not to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. And those that's the exact language that we were taught. He didn't say anything. He no, didn't respond he said to nothing. He said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And that was the language that we were taught in this workshop 15 years earlier, which is you say, nobody likes to be harassed. I don't like to be harassed. You don't like to be harassed. Nobody on this. And if it's in the street or, or in a room or in this elevator, wherever mm -hmm. you are, you mm -hmm. state where it is. Nobody in this place likes to be harassed and you need to stop it and you need to stop it now. That's so smart because what you did was you established a common humanity. You were like, we all have mm. this thing in common. Yeah. Because what he did was say, you're different from me. You don't belong. And you were like, uh, we all have yeah. this thing in common. We're the same right. in this way. Yeah. Did you, was, did he really have a rifle in the back or are you just making that up? Oh no. You saw no, a it was, rifle. It was a rural, you know, it's a rural, it's a rural community. And so, you know, he, I'm sure he did hunting or I don't know what he did with a rifle, yeah, but it was a gun rack in the back and there was a rifle. Yeah. Mm. And I just, I walked on back to my Chinook. I got in and I was shaking. Yeah. Good. You know, good for you, Tommy. That takes some guts. Well, and you know, so there I had the guts because I had it practiced. I had the language uh -huh. practiced and what happened with you, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have the practiced language. I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't able to say, hey, what you just said uh, feels a little strange to me. Can we go over it? Or whatever the language is, but it's like, that's the point. You got to have that language ready, right? It needs to be there the same way as like, hey, how are you? Have a good night. See you tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Right, because if you're having to search for the words, if one, if I am having to search for the words, I'm not going to be able to pull them out because the moment is going to pass. And, and Ben, we also didn't I, didn't, I didn't pull it out in the editing, so in our editing process. So, you know, there are a couple of steps along the way where we fell short. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Well, it's gone from the episode now. Um, and... Mm. Once more, Silas and Louisa, thank you so much. Yeah. So this next response is about some advice I gave back in episode 15 to a listener who wanted her boyfriend to stop using the word faggot. And Ben is going to read this email. I have recently started listening to your podcast, and I'm honestly not sure I will continue. In episode 15, Daddy's Ultimatums and the Word Faggot, Ben and Tommy answered a question about a boyfriend who kept saying the F word. Tommy's advice was to ditch the boyfriend because his use of the F word reflected his belief system. Tommy also made the point that the use of the word might be unacceptable by members of the LGBTQ community, but they get to use the word because they are the oppressed. In the context of that discussion, Tommy and Ben both analogized to the N-word against the black community. In that discussion, Ben appropriately referred to the word as the N-word. However, I was shocked that Tommy, who appears to be a white man, actually used the word. Not only was I, as a black gay man, offended, but I found this deeply hypocritical. 
Tommy specifically made the point that members of oppressed groups get to use the words that have been used to oppress them in order to reclaim those words. So, members of the LGBTQ community get to use the F-word because they are the ones against whom that word was used. Tommy is not, however, a member of the black community, yet he used a word that white people have used to oppress black people. The analogy is fine, but I would expect that he would be careful not to actually utter the N-word, especially since he was so unmovable about the listener's boyfriend using the F-word. Tommy could have said, quote, the N-word, just like Ben did, and all would have been clear, and he would not have been offensive. Instead, he said the word, a word which he has no right to use. If I were to take Tommy's advice to the listener, I would stop listening to your podcast, because by his own logic, his saying, the N-word, reflects his unchangeable value system. I would strongly urge you both to realize the perspective and privilege you bring as white, cis, gay men. I have noticed other instances in which you, mostly Tommy, act as if your opinion is the only correct one. But this instance of insensitivity was especially egregious. I hope there is an apology in a later episode that you can point me to. And that's from Michael. Uh, Michael, I'm pointing you to the episode. It's this one. Yeah. Um, I apologize for saying that. I shouldn't have. Um, and we took down the episode and we are in the process of re-recording it so that I refer to it as the N-word. Um, and it's, like you said, it is offensive. It's hurtful. Um, I'm sure it was shocking. I'm sure it made you distrust me. Uh, and I apologize for that. I apologize for saying what I said. Um, I can I, you mind if I interject Tommy really quick? Yeah, go for it. Just to put in context for listeners who haven't heard that episode in a while, or maybe yeah, have never yeah. heard that episode. So to give context about what this, where this came from, Ben and I were getting in a heated discussion around using the word faggot and what it means. And I was saying to this listener, whose name is Eleanor, I said, Eleanor, if your boyfriend said, and that's when I didn't say the N-word, but the other word, um, I said, you would be out the door in a heartbeat. And so yes. it was yeah. it was my way of saying... Um, this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You were giving an example of what is so egregiously unacceptable, but in giving the example, you actually did and it. And I did just what I was saying. And you did it yes. for shock value oh, on I did. purpose. I did. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it yeah. was... It, 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 you know, I can ex I can give a reason why I said it, but ultimately I shouldn't have said it. Mm -hmm. And that's and I apologize for that, Michael, and for anyone else who was like, "What? Wait, what did you say?" Um, yeah, it's hurtful, uh, clearly, and I I'm sorry for doing that. Yeah, yeah. For listeners who want to dive deeper into the subject. On the episode page at AskYourGayUncle.com, we've included links to a New York Times article about the history and etymology of the N-word, and another article that explains why it's not okay to use it, ever. So again, thank you, Michael and Silas and Louisa, for writing in. Uh, it was a bold and beautiful act, and you've made us think and reflect, and that is a, that's a gift. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood producer, Jackie. We hope you're enjoying Ask Your Gay Uncle. If you'd like to ask a question for Tommy and Ben to answer on the podcast, leave us a message at 512-981-7332. Or you can email ask at askyourgayuncle.com. 
You can find us on Instagram at AskYourGayUncle or Twitter at AYGU Podcast. Thanks for listening. It's My Gaunty of the Week feels like it's quite apropos to this episode. Uh, her name is Sharon Ellison, and she's an author and a public speaker and a powerful uh, shaker and mover in terms of communication. She wrote a book called Taking the War Out of Our Words, The Art of Powerful Non-Defensive Communication. Mm. I would say the focus of her book is our addiction to power and a power struggle. She talks <laughs> about aggression and judgment and all the ways that it shows up in sort of normal language, normal conversation. Can you give me an example of like what she's referring to? Yeah, so like, um, why didn't you call me? You said uh -huh. you were gonna call me. You didn't call me, why didn't you call me? The implicit blame. So she that believes statement. that why, yeah, that why has a judgment and that if it's followed with a contraction, then that makes it even more so. Like, why haven't you completed your taxes yet? Or even saying it in like the least offensive way, why haven't you completed your taxes yet? You know, I'm like trying to say it in a non-judgmental way. So she would say, why have you put off your taxes? But isn't, but even that sounds like a little inherently judgmental. Like if I yes, wanted someone to do their taxes, I would just say like, hey, I think it's time to do the taxes. As opposed to, right. why have you put off your taxes? Because that implies that something's wrong. Yes, absolutely. And she doesn't like the word why, but that was the example I came up with, Ben. Okay. Um, she, you know, she prefers how or what because it gets information and why really goes to judgment. Like, here's another example. Um, you want to go to a movie? Uh-huh. And she says that the problem there is, is that I'm not stating what my intent is, that I want to go to a movie. And I am fearful around this. Whoa, wait, so you want to go to a movie is like putting the ownership on them and it's not owning the fact that you want to, therefore somehow it's aggressive? Uh, not necessarily aggressive, but that we're using questions in the wrong way. One of the things she talks about is, is that we don't know how to use questions. We use questions as judgment or we use questions as coercion. What did you do that for? The underlying message is, I'm irritated. Right? Like, uh, that's the statement. I'm yeah, irritated. Yeah. What did you do that for? Oh, how come you did that? What's behind that is, I, I, like, I mean, it's not always. You know, of course there are going to be times when it's not that particular thing. And it is true, yeah. a true question. But oftentimes we mask statements as questions. Like, do you want to go to a movie tonight? Uh-huh. Is masked for, I want to see a movie. Yeah, that one still feels very banal to me. <laughs> well, one of the things one of the things around this band is, is that she talks about vulnerability and that we have decided that vulnerability is a bad and dangerous thing and that that is the part of war that you don't want, ever want to be vulnerable. And so by saying uh -huh. I would like to go to a movie puts you in a vulnerable place. Because maybe they don't want to go to a movie. Right? Well, then what do you do next? You got to talk it through. And so, Ben, there's a sense of vulnerability there by saying what you want. Yeah. I remember my dad saying that when he went the first time he asked a girl to a dance or something in middle school, he was really, really scared and he didn't want to take ownership of the fact that he liked her. So the way he mm. asked her was by saying, hey, if you want to go to the dance with me, I guess I'll go. 
(laughs) which is kind of what we're talking about right because it was like he was too scared to own up to the fact that he wanted to and so instead he made it about her instead of saying i'd like to go to the dance with you yeah yeah and it also in that it's also putting her down i guess i'd go with you (laughs) well yeah yeah it's definitely a backhanded invitation (laughs) sorry dad for throwing you under the bus you've come a long way well you know we all make mistakes especially when we're in middle school oh my gosh you know another example of what's so great about her book is she talks about apologies you know hence how appropriate this is for this episode she says there are really three kinds of apologies There's the sorry blame, sorry denial, or sorry excuse. So the sorry blame is, oh, I feel hurt because you haven't called for a long time. And Bob replies, I'm sorry. Have you been feeling insecure about our relationship lately? Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of just going, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. I haven't called. The response is, oh, it sounds like you're feeling insecure. It's like turning the tables on the person. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And you're also insecure for saying that I haven't called. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, and then the other is, like she says, we commonly use phrases, and I'm quoting, we commonly use phrases such as, I'm sorry I didn't mean it that way, or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you took it that way, or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you felt that way. Mm -hmm. Because, and I continue, in each case, we are only sorry that the other person was so inept as to misunderstand our honorable intentions. Mm -hmm. Yes, and she goes on to say that politicians do this all the time. Everybody does this all the time. And then the other is the sorry excuse, which is we were so close on treading in that, Ben, so close with this episode. And we often say, and I'm quoting, we are sorry and then give an excuse as if the excuse should be grounds for a pardon. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry I said the N-word. I was using yeah. it for shock value. Yes, I'm I know. I'm so sorry. I, I know. I said I want children that are mine. Yeah. Do you find it hard to apologize, Tommy? Uh, Let me, you know what? Let me rephrase that based on what we've just talked about. Oh, thank you, Ben. I find it really hard to apologize, Tommy. Do you feel the same way? Oh, Ben, you're so smart. Damn it. Look at you. I'm such Ch- a quick learner. You, you are. You're a good doggy. You can I do learn. Fi- I do find it hard to apologize. It's it's really hard for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 How about you? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't find it hard to apologize. There's always a, there's always a knee jerk response for me, and then I can I'm almost always able to notice that I'm doing that, and then I can pull back and go, whoa. There's some shit there. You got to check into that. And little fucker, you got to apologize. I would say that, Tommy, you and I are two of the most defensive people I know. I'm very defensive, but I apologize. <laughs> like if I do something, really, you think I'm defensive, Ben? Yeah, you're very defensive. It's okay. It's like it's you stand up for what you believe in. How is that defensive? If you If you make an argument and I make a counter argument you're very likely to like double down triple down as opposed to hear me out with like grace (laughs) oh yeah well based off of what michael said in the in in the email i've got one opinion and i'm not open to others yeah i think there's truth in that i mean i do i do that too where i I think we're all we're all culpable well i want to get to the apology you asked about apologizing and that is one of the things we're getting back to our gaunty of the week sharon ellison she taught me how to apologize in this workshop. Mm. Yeah. And what you do is 
you state the behavior, you state what it might have done to the person, the effect or the impact it had on the person, and then you apologize. Okay, so we were supposed to meet and you just never showed up. Go. Yeah. Ben, I was late. And I bet it pissed you off because I'm always late. And I didn't take into account your need for me being on time. And I totally negated you in this process by being late. Oh my God, Ben, and that just like totally makes me want to cry for really? me to think that I, oh my God, yes, to think that I like <laughs> negated you. You haven't apologized like, really? yet. You haven't apologized. I know. So then, okay, here it is. <laughs> I'm sorry for doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of the people I talked to around what I said in episode 15, she was great. She said... Be careful that you don't fall into the shoots and ladder game of the molasses swamp. What does that mean? Of shame. That the molasses swamp of shame, right? That it's like, oh, I feel so badly for doing that. I shouldn't have done I'm that. A terrible I'm a horrible person. human person, yeah. right? It's like, then I'm stuck in this wallowing of like, ah, oh, I'm a white supremacist, you know, privileged, cis, gay, male, or whatever, whatever that story might be, as opposed to going, I fucked up. And here's my action to change it. Yeah. Or here yeah. is how I'm making amends. Well, you know, the real apology is to not do it again. Mm. I think it's not enough to say nothing. I think you then need to... No, I'm not saying to, to say, say nothing. Beyond. I mean, the yeah, real yeah, yeah. apology beyond apologizing. <laughs> if, if you're late every time we're supposed to meet and you apologize oh, yeah. in the right way and it's full of emotion <laughs> and it feels good, but then next time you're just as late... I'd be like, I don't want to hang out with you, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. You don't care about yeah. my time. Right. But right. <laughs> the real apology is to change your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get back to uh, Sharon Ellison. She lives with her partner, a woman in, in Reno, Nevada, and she's got grandkids. And she um, was a counselor and she worked in prisons and she worked in juvenile centers and she worked in schools and she took all that she learned and brought it out on the streets and started working with people and she wrote this book. Cool, and you've actually met her. You took this I course. have, yeah, yeah. She's smart and funny and sassy and wise. That's a good gaunty. Yeah. Well, everybody, if you're still with us, <laughs> if we haven't sufficiently stuck our foot in our mouths or dug holes so deep that we'll never crawl out, thank you for staying with us. And congratulations, you made it to the end. And uh, the true apologies will be to change. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, everybody. I'm getting surgery next week. I'm getting a total hip replacement, my left hip. Taking it out throwing it away, putting in a titanium stake uh, that has a little knob on the top of it that will become the head of my femur that will then get popped into my left hip socket. Taking yeah. it out, throwing it away? Do they? What do they actually do with your hip when they remove it? They don't give it to you? You don't get to take it home and like hang it over your front door? No, <laughs> no. That would be a great knocker, wouldn't it? Like hey, put it on the top of your Christmas tree? Here's my yeah. hip. I would love to like turn it, you know, attach it to a stick and have it be a walking cane for me in 20 years. Spooky. 
Yeah. I did ask my doctor, you know, this is my second hip replacement. Um, I got my right one done two years ago and I'm doing the left one. And I asked my same doctor, can I keep the hip? And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> he was like, I want it. I have a collection. Yeah. You should see my Christmas tree. <laughs> right? <laughs> Covered with them. Yeah. So we're going to take a week off or maybe two, depending on how my recovery is. Have a good surgery next week, Tommy. I hope it's completely uneventful and totally boring and normal uh i love that ben almost as much as i love you Ah, stop mm. it <laughs> love you too bye everybody bye-bye ask your gay uncle is created by tom trust and ben palacios with production support by me jackie anders album artwork by seth shellhouse theme song and musical interludes by ben palacios and dan reuter Special thanks to Matt Marr and everyone who sent us questions. If you'd like to ask a question for Tommy and Ben to answer on the podcast, leave us a message at 512-981-7332 or email ask at askyourgayuncle.com. Find us on Facebook at Ask Your Gay Uncle Podcast. More information at askyourgayuncle.com.